We're back. The Hops and Spirits is back for another episode. And joining me here in just a little bit will be D.H. Uh, from Country Boy Brewing. That's what he likes to go by. Otherwise, if you say his full name, he thinks he's in trouble. D.H. will talk about Country Boy, their expansion, what's next for them. It's a great interview, one of my favorites so far. Remember, you can find the Hops and Spirits podcast on social media at Hops Spirits. We're on Instagram, Hops Spirits, all one word. You can keep up with episodes, shenanigans, beer reviews, and so much more. And remember, you can also subscribe to the podcast. Go to Apple, Google, iHeart, Spotify, TuneIn, and so many more. Search Hops and Spirits, and you can subscribe, listen whenever you want. And if you need a little extra help, go to gspodcast.com. And joining us now on the Hops and Spirits podcast is none other than Daniel Harrison, better known as DH, or that's what he prefers to go by as DH, one of the co-founders and the brand manager for Country Board Brewing, which has two locations in Kentucky, the original taproom in Lexington and the newer taproom and facility up in Georgetown. DH, thanks for taking the time. Oh, man, thank you for having me on. I look forward to always talking about all things beer and Country Boy. So I appreciate you uh, taking time to chat with me. Yeah, uh, you, 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 before we kind of got started, you, you mentioned that you're not the brewer. They, they won't let you around that part of it. You're the brand manager, but you are, um, I'm, I'm guessing you're one of the official taste testers though, right? That's, that's exactly right. So when we got started back in 2012, my, uh, my two partners that are brothers, Nathan, Evan, Coppage, they kind of take the, take the reins for all the actual brewing and recipes and things of that nature. So I would never have said that I'm, a brewer. I've started off as a home brewer, of course, but I've never been a professional brewer. My title now is brand manager, uh, which means I'm our voice on social media. I'm kind of uh, working with our folks as far as labels and design and conceptual direction of the company and where we're going as far as flavors and tastes and stuff like that goes. But these days in these crazy times, I would say more than anything, I'm just a cheerleader. I'm a spirit lifter. I'm trying to make sure that we all stay sane and, uh, to try to navigate these waters as they come at us. So my job is changing almost daily. I was going to say, I'm sure it's fun trying to, to run a business uh, during these, these crazy times. How are you guys handling it all? We're good, man. We're, we're really, really good. We're in, a, we're in a super blessed position that we've got uh, great distribution partners and great retail partners. So we've got, you know, cans out in the market. We've been able to, to do that this entire time. And, you know, people have been going to the stores and, and buying a lot of growlers and things of that nature. So we're really, really fortunate to be in the position that we're in. Uh, and, you know, we're just trying to handle like everybody else with the, with the limited amount of information that we have and sometimes changing information, trying to do the best that we can, be as safe as we can. Uh, can't, I, we don't believe that you can take uh, any of this too serious. Uh, but at the same time, we have to maintain our sanity. So there's been a, been a whole lot of, uh, whole lot of you know, un, uncertainty around here, but we're doing our best to, uh, to take it in stride. And I keep our keep our heads up and our spirits high. Well, you guys have been around, like you said, since 2012. You're one of the originals, really, in Lexington and the the bluegrass region. What made you you three? Because you guys are all Georgetown College grads, correct? My myself, Nathan, and Evan are all Georgetown College grads, and my other partner, Jeff, is not. But three of us are Tigers. Okay, so so three out of of four, I kind of have that Georgetown connection. What what made you guys decide to start up uh, a brewery? You know, we were, I was always into adventurous eating and adventurous foods and things of that nature. And it was really big into home brewing. Uh, got into that when Nate, Nate and I actually taught English in Japan for a while. That's where we got into craft beer. Then we came back here. We just, you know, we're home brewing uh, pretty seriously at the time. Uh, you know, not, we we're trying to, you know, get consistency down and things of that nature. And we knew that there was a that Lexington and Central Kentucky and Kentucky in, in general 
was just begging for a bigger craft beer presence. You know, we had, you know, all tech Lexington Brewing Company had been brewing for a while. There was a couple guys uh, that had tried some things uh, in the, in the past, you know, against the grain had just gotten open. Uh, so we, we knew we were kind of we, what we wanted to do. And it was just, you know, putting the pieces together and finding the right place and all that kind of stuff to get it going. But I've always been passionate about different weird beers. And I was the guy in the group that was not, it was going to order whatever the craziest thing was on the menu or the, weirdest tap was at the bar and uh we're we're you know beer drinkers at heart but we love experimenting and we love figuring out how to do different things the brewing was just a natural uh itch we had to scratch now i'm guessing you had some interesting conversations about the names because I'll, I'll never forget the first time I, I saw country boy cougar bait a poster of it i was uh, in southern west virginia where i lived at the time at a mexican restaurant and i saw it and it kind of made me chuckle because you know you know you see cougar bait um, you know, the name just kind of got me, but what made you guys pick country boy and then have some fun with those, uh, names on those flagship beers? Well, I like to say that I'm a reformed beer blogger. Uh, and, I, and Nate and I had a, had a, had a beer blog when we were in Japan. It was about Japanese craft beer, but it was in English. And there wasn't a lot of information in English about the craft beer scene in Japan. It was really in its infancy back then. And so we called it good beer and country boys because, you know, all of our friends, that uh, they were expats or uh, they were English teachers, be it from Australia for England. None of them were from rural settings. And a lot of them came from, you know, West Coast, California, places that, you know, it's kind of easy to make the jump to go teach English, English in Japan. You know, not that it's not going to be a huge shocker for you, but there's not a lot of folks in the South that take that, uh, that, that, want, that end up teaching English uh, in either Asia or Japan or somewhere in that neck of the woods. But Nate and I were, and so like our, our friends would, joke that they didn't have culture shock from being in Japan around all the Japanese people. They had culture shock about being around us, being from the South, uh, and, you know, with our accents and all that kind of stuff. So we, naturally, we just called the blog Good Being Country Boys, and we were talking, none of us were, you know, I say I'm a brand manager, but, like, I'm not a trained guy in marketing. It just kind of comes natural to me, uh, and, I'm, and I'm not, I'm, don't read that, that I'm saying I'm good at it. It's just kind of the role I found myself in. Uh, but we were talking about a name. We were like, let's just not overthink it. And we're all from Kentucky. We all grew up in rural settings. Let's just call it Country Boy Brewing. And we'll just be done with it. And I had a friend at uh, time who still is an outstanding graphic uh, graphic artist. And he was like, hey, I've got an idea for a logo. So he just like drew it up. We're like, cool, I like that. There's not a whole lot of thought put into it. It's uh, really, really iconic and super cool now. Uh, we just said, let's call it Good Beer and Country Boys and go with it. Or, sorry, we'll call it Country Boy Brewing from the Good Beer and Country Boys blog. We'll just go with it. And uh, at the time, we all were focused on just the beer. You know, we didn't realize that the branding part of it needed to be as important as it. And we just kind of got lucky, to be honest. Uh, so focused on let's make weird, interesting, full-flavored, you know, minimally processed, great craft beer, and then everything else will be secondary. And somehow, we haven't screwed it up yet. I'm not saying we're not going to, but so far, so good. I was going to say, I mean, the, the truck on the logo is, you know, stands out. You, you know what, what it is. It's Country Boy. Uh, like I said, I, I love the names. Cougar Bait, Blondale, The Shotgun Wedding, Cliff Jumper. I mean, have you guys had some fun making, making those names and little tongue-in-cheek? Yeah, you know, we, when we were coming out at first, we thought, you know, we want to give our names or our beers a little bit of a character, you know, with, with fanciful names. Uh, and, and it was a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many SKUs and there's so many different brands that are on the shelf. And, you know, if you're just John Q beer drinker and you walk into Total Wine or Kroger or Liquor Barn or one of the retailers we have around here, you know, if you don't have a connection or affinity to any of the brands, how do you choose, you know? And so we thought, you know, 
let's let's name them something interesting to get them in the door. And then once they pop the top on that can, you know, once that liquid hits their lips, they're gonna be like, dang, this is funny, it's cute, uh, it was fanciful, it was neat, and now I'm drinking it like, holy crap, this is really good beer. And so that's that just gets us in the door, and then we seal the deal once people taste the liquid. We're talking with DH from Country Boy, uh, located in Lexington and Georgetown, with tap rooms at both places. Uh, DH, you kind of touched on it earlier. You guys have a, a big distribution network. Was that always kind of your business plan? Was to kind of get beer everywhere, or kind of did it just kind of just organically grow? Tell, tell me more about this thing you call a business plan. Uh, <laughs> you just make it up as you go. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, we're we're much better now. But when we opened, we were just like, listen, here we're gonna we're gonna sign a lease on the building. We're gonna make beer. Hopefully, we can make money off that beer. Uh, buy more ingredients to keep going. You know, we had no employees. We were staffing the bar ourselves. Uh, we just knew we wanted to own, own a microbrewery and go with it. And, and if I remember back then, we were like, listen, if it fails, it fails. But in 15 years, I'd rather look back and be like, man, we gave it a try and it didn't work rather than be like, what if, right? And so it's out of the gate. We're like, hey, let's just get this place open. You know, it was, if you ever were in the tap room back in 2012 in Lexington, you'd tell you, you, you know, you want to talk about a dungeon? That sucker was. We we decorated it. it looked like a dorm room, uh, but because we were just focused on the beer, you know. Then I remember being approached by uh, different distributors, being like, "Whoa, yeah, you know, we never even thought about distributing. We never thought about packaging." Uh, and then you know, one thing led to another, and we end up saying, "Hey, okay, we'll we'll get some beer out there to some of our good friends that have accounts or that have bars and restaurants in the area." You know, so send a little, little to this bar, little to this bar, little my, my hometown bar, Galvin's in Georgetown, you know, and then people started seeing that beer on the market and they're like, well, I want it at this bar. And we're like, listen, we don't make, we can't make that much. And so we started, we upgraded our brew system. We got to do more tanks. Uh, we ended up changing distributors. And then one thing led to another. And now we're in six states. Uh, we have 20 something distribution partners that we work with. Uh, it's been a wild ride, but we never, by and large, people always ask like, what's the number one question that I get asked and outside of, you know, the history of the company and that kind of thing, it's always, did you ever plan on the brewery being this? And I'll add some, like laugh, like absolutely not. And we're four guys, simple plan, simple dream. Let's make beer and sell it. Now we have, you know, 60 employees, two breweries, production facility in Georgetown, uh, you know, a whole lot going on that we never, we never planned, but, you know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, and and so far I think we've been a little bit of both. Uh, I'll I'll have to agree. You guys have been been good at both uh, for sure. The beer is is great. The the Lexington location it's kind of a unique spot because you know I, I went there uh, with my wife one time. She actually got to put some of the hops uh, in the shotgun wedding for her birthday, uh, which was a oh nice yeah that was a great it was a great uh, birthday gift for her. Um, but your, your facility there wasn't very large and you guys were in two buildings. How did you guys kind of find that set up? And, you know, was it just happenstance or, or did you kind of like, yeah, so we were, uh, we were looking for a, you know, just for a place and honestly something that would fit our budget, which was a very, very small. And so I can remember when my partner, Jeff, who'd kind of taken the lead on, on, you know, bird dogging some spots for us was like, Hey, we're gonna go to this spot on chair Avenue. And I'm like, where in the world is chair Avenue? You know I mean? I've lived in central Kentucky my entire life. I didn't grow up in Lexington, but I was there a lot. I was like, I've never heard of chair Avenue. And then like, lo and behold, it's pretty close to downtown. Back then it looks a whole lot different than it does now. Just a short eight years later, there's been a whole lot of development. It's a really up and coming part of town now. 
back then it was kind of tucked back in this uh, area that I would say was not so welcoming. Uh, there was like a uh, metal recycling place back in there. It's very industrial, but it's 4,000 square foot building. It just, you know, it, it fit what we needed. The landlord was extremely uh, nice and willing to work with us. Uh, you know, still to this day, our same landlord there just has been, has been nothing but an asset to help grow our, our company and our brand. But, you know, it, it was what we could afford and it just fit. So we put a wall up to separate the brewery from the tap room. Uh, the tap room is about 995 square feet there. Brewing space is about 3,000. For a while, before we had the Georgetown facility and the warehouse here, we did have a warehouse across the street uh, where we had the sour program at the time. It's where we stored all our raw ingredients. Uh, but it just worked. You know, it's fun. It's, it still is like a super awesome atmosphere. Uh, you know, it's some people, my favorite thing is called the hardest bar to leave in town. You know, like you can't go in there and not talk to somebody or make a new friend or find, you know, common ground with somebody sitting at the bar. It's a welcoming place for all people, all walks of life. It's just a super cool little, you know, refuge, if you will, from day-to-day life. So it's a, it's a cool little spot. Uh, but I will say that entire facility, all 4,000 square feet, fits inside the cooler here in Georgetown. So Georgetown is a much bigger facility. Uh, the tap room here is about 6,000, 7,000 square feet with patio. And then the entire building is about 45, 46,000 square feet with the expansion. So it's a much bigger place. We still keep the atmosphere. Uh, crowds are a little bit different, just with the basic demographic makeup uh, in Georgetown being different than Lexington and us being very, very close to the interstate. Whole lot of tourists, whole lot of travel, that kind of stuff. Still got a bunch of regulars here. Uh, but Lexington, I say, will always be home. I was going to say, it's, it's the original spot for Country Boy, and I always enjoy yeah. going there. Um, now I ha- I've been up to the Georgetown Tap Room and it, it's a beautiful facility. Um, I'm going to tattle on on myself and say that's where we had our child's first first birthday party when it got rained out from oh, yeah. orchards. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's it, it's a it's it's got a special place in our heart heart too. But you guys, you know, you, you said you know you're kind of learning as you go and not making it all up as you go with your business plan. But you know that was that's a big facility. You know, brand new. What made you guys kind of go up there and build that second location to kind of have, you know, obviously a bigger uh, area to can and produce and things like that. Yeah. Like I was saying, the the business model and and what country boy was and our identity was changing over time. And in 2014, uh, into 2014, we were kind of maxed out with the amount of beer that we could produce in Lexington. 2015, we did like 10,000 barrels of beer out of that facility and I'll, I'll venture a wager that there's no brewery in America that did 10,000 barrels of beer, as few people as we did in a facility as small as we did. But we knew that there was only, there was only going to be a finite amount of growth there with the, with the space constraints that we had. So we, we looked around at a whole lot of places. Uh, and then Scott County, Georgetown just kept coming back to the top. Uh, we looked at a lot, a lot of different areas around Central Kentucky, other locations in Lexington. But, you know, a couple of different reasons. Scott County was growing. Yeah, it still is growing. One of the fastest growing counties in the state. Uh, Georgetown's fast, one of the fastest growing cities in the state. But, you know, it was a little bit cheaper to build and to buy a property here. Uh, the, the town was just absolutely hungry to have uh, a brewery, uh, in, in especially Country Boy, re, uh, expand here. Uh, and, you know, the kind of ace in the hole, like, I'm from here. I'm born and raised in, in northern Scott County near Sadieville. Uh, went to school here, like I said earlier, Evan and Nate and I all went to college here. 
my mom and dad both worked in downtown Georgetown for a long time. We got a lot of connections here. I got a lot of heartstrings here. Uh, the city was willing to work with us uh, to, re- to help us expand here. So just, I mean, it was just perfect storm. And so in, in March of 2016, we broke ground in the Lanes Run Business Park, which now is filling up. But at the end, we were one of the only people, but us in the childcare facility out here of all things. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, just, it was just a perfect storm and just everything just seemed to fall in place and work out. Like I said, uh, sometimes better be lucky than good. It just, everything here just came, came together. Uh, we worked with a great design build construction company out of Cynthiana called Judy Construction that our partner Jeff has a lot of connections to tied to. Uh, they were great at seeing the dream and seeing the, what we wanted to and translate it onto paper. Uh, the architect that we work with was absolutely outstanding. You know, he had just done churches up to this point, and you know, then at, he expanded his church portfolio with a big brewery tap room, which some might think is a is a stretch, but he was so willing to work with us. He he captured the essence of what Country Boy was in Lexington and what we wanted to be here. And if you've ever been to the tap room, hopefully you uh, both tap rooms, hopefully you can see that it came to that. But it's just it's an awesome facility. I still get goosebumps when I drive up in the morning and I see it, and I'm like, man, that's an awesome brewery. Like, holy crap, that's ours. Uh, so it's just, it's, Georgetown's been a lot of fun. It also, like you said, you said you had a birthday party here. We do a lot of events. We have a lot of kids' birthday parties, as a matter of fact. Uh, we do a lot <laughs> so, of, uh, so I wasn't the only different... one, right? We weren't the yeah, only one. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> We've done a whole bunch of them. Um, uh, obviously until the, until the 2020 hit, but it's, it's a cool facility because there's not a lot of places like this in Georgetown. We, uh, we, we host, you know, fishing seminars, fishing tying stuff. We have a yoga night that we had. Uh, we have live music, all that type of different stuff. It's more of a, I mean, we're a tap room. Absolutely. We're a brewery, 100%. We're almost like a community center as well. Uh, we try to be a good partner here to Georgetown and give back so much as it's given us, given me and my personal life over the years. Uh, so, you know, just, it, we're super blessed to be in the position that we're in. And, uh, you know, like I said, there are different places like in Georgetown, but I think it gives us a more well-rounded, uh, well-rounded feel as a, as a brewery. Well, and there are two different experiences in the sense of the small tap room and the the big tap room, and and I, I think they play off very well of well of each other. And one of the biggest differences now, you you do have some food down in Lexington now, but one of the bigger differences at first was Georgetown had a, a full fledged kitchen with the kitchen at Country Boy. Why yeah. did they decide to put food there and and kind of go that route as well? Well, we opened in seventeen. Uh, February of 17, and we didn't get the kitchen going until, I think, November of 18. Uh, we've been in here for a while, and that's because we wanted to focus on the experience, we wanted to focus on what we're good at, focus on the beer. We had left a space out to put a, put a food piece in, and it just, you know, it, it was time. We were looking at everything, being like, man, there's not a lot of stuff out here around us. There's not a lot of food options on this side of Georgetown. We talked to some, some of our great friends in the, in the food truck business about partnering together, and uh, finally, we're like, listen, Let's just find someone who's just as passionate about the food as we are about the beer, and let's run it all together. And so we found Chef Joe Malone, uh, who runs the kitchen at both spots now. We have a trailer. It's almost like a food truck field, the Lexington Tap Room. Uh, but the food he does here is absolutely outstanding. We try to make we take the same approach and the same seriousness we do with the food now that we do with the beer, which is as much stuff as we can make on site, fresh, we do. Uh, you know, just, just take it try to take it very, very seriously and make food that complements the beer that we make. Uh, I will say, you know, after, you know, the pandemic and all that stuff happened and the shutdown happened in March, we said, let's take this time, you know, let's be appropriate. 
uh, be good stewards of our of our resources and not get crazy but what can we do to kind of take us to the next level and so uh, Steve Cottle we call him Big Steve here at the brewery he kind of has transitioned to be our pit master now so we're doing a whole lot of like house smoked and house cured meats and bacon and smoked wings and that kind of stuff so we're we're the kitchen here is just becoming more and more popular and more and more uh integral part of what it, what the country boy experience is but it's been a lot of fun to bring new people and new ideas new personalities in and let them kind of put their imprint on what country boy is and the kitchen uh has, has been a great way to do that we're talking with dh from country boy in lexington and georgetown here on the hops and spirits podcast and dh you, you mentioned you mentioned that you guys put put a little trailer down there in lexington uh, to kind of expand the tap room, but you guys have also put in some work in, in that tap room too. I mean, you got a brand new patio out back. Uh, looks great. Uh, why did you guys decide to do that? Cause you know, you could have just kind of left it as is and, but you know, you kind of cleaned it up and uh, you know, I, I guess made it a little more similar to the Georgetown one. Yeah. So we, you know, after we got the kitchen up and running here and we felt like the the brewery, and the production side in Georgetown was running like a top. We're like, okay, listen, let's not forget where we came from. Let's go back and do everything that we can in Lexington to just make it a cool, a country boy experience that we want to have. Not that we want to turn our back on what we were in 2012, but we're different than we were then. So we added, you know, a big glass bay door to the back. We've expanded the patio three different times, but now we can't expand it anymore. It takes up the whole back area back there. We've got a lot of seating that's outside. Like I said, sometimes it's good to be lucky. Uh, we put the trailer in at the end of 2019 got it up and going in spring. I think it was open for like a week before we got shut down. Uh, but, you know, that lets us have a ton of outdoor space, lets us have a food piece. So now we can be considered a restaurant to be open. So none of that planned. 100%. You're going to notice, I, I hope you notice a, a theme in all this, that we're getting really lucky. Uh, but we with our huge patio there, as well as Georgetown with the food piece in both places. It's been, it's been a, you know, an a great asset uh, to have, especially during these times. But the patio is a lot of fun. We got more plans. Uh, the coronavirus, the pandemic, put a little bit of a halt on uh, on what we're doing there. But we've got just stay tuned. There's a lot, lot more fun stuff coming to the patio in Lexington. Wow. We want to make it like you mentioned before. It's an experiential place. It's a place we want you to come, hang out, have a good time, get some good food, try the great burgers and tater tots, all the stuff we've got going there with that food piece. At the same time, uh, just kind of evolve with the times and, and continue to be a place that people could come and make memories. I was going to say, I, I love the sound of that. Uh, we'll be definitely uh, keeping an eye out for all that information. Um, you, one of the things I noticed whenever you guys opened up the Georgetown location was your beers. Um, you kind of got a chance to maybe do a few more beers, you know, down in Lexington and try some different things. Is that Was that kind of the case that, that you were able to maybe – because you mentioned you guys like to experiment. I'm guessing once you finally had some volume uh, and room to do that, you you were able to actually accomplish that a little more. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like I said, how the dream changed. We opened up just doing all types of crazy stuff. Nothing's off the limits. You know, we're not going to put any constraints on, on what goes into the beer. We're just going to make it the best we can. Fast forward three years, you know, 90% of our time is, end up, is spent making three different beers. And, you know, we kind of got known as like this very, they do great things, but they do very few, not a lot of experimental stuff because our distribution demand was so much, right? Uh, and so once we got Georgetown up and running, what that let Lexington do is turn back into what it was always meant to be. And that's an experimental brewery, a playground for our folks. Uh, if you got an idea of something that might work, if we want to try something we've never done before, if we want to, you know, 
split batches off, but different types of fruit in them or whatever it may be. Now Lexington allows us to do that. So the production stuff, go, everything going into the can, uh, have, our main stuff that goes out for distribution, all that's in Lexington and now, or all that's in Georgetown, excuse me. And in Lexington now is just where all the one-offs, experimentals, experimental ciders, uh, Paisy. We've got a whole new uh, round of fruit devices that we're rolling out as we speak. Tangerine went on that yesterday. All that kind of stuff uh, Lexington allows us to do. We're not, we're not constrained on space. Well, and, and I was going to say, you, you guys also have some interesting flavors. Is someone there amongst the group, do they just like spicy stuff? Because you have the nacho bait, the habanero porter. I mean, how, what made you guys put some spicy in the beer? We start, you know, pepper beers have really kind of came and gone and came back and gone, and we don't know where they're at right now. But when we first got going, uh, jalapeno smoke porter was one of our – most experimental like weird beers that we had done that that was back from the homebrew days and yeah my partner nate is kind of the crazy one that does the you know think thinks up with the off the wall stuff you know just no way that'll work you taste it and you're like holy crap that's really good how does that work uh and the pepper beers are, are right in there you know nacho has like a cult following that you know it's got that little bit of spice that just builds as you as you drink it i was done a bunch of different barrel aged versions uh like a mexican chocolate stout we did that had some, you know, smoked peppers and things like that in it. So, yeah, we like we like the hot stuff, but just I wouldn't say that we're you can pigeonhole us into anything anymore. We're we've got some fun stuff coming out pretty soon. Uh, like I said, the Berliners, Hazies, uh, different ciders we've really gotten into as of late. Uh, the, having two breweries lets us really, you know, lets the, the brewers you know, flex their creative muscles on what they kind of want to do. I was gonna say, how how nice has that been too? Because I've also noticed you're canning some some more experimentals and or maybe see you finally have those seasonals instead of just the flagships. Um, you know, you yeah. Have so fun and things fun like stuff that. with that. Uh, the seasonal line plus the high grab seasonals, which is Dynasty, uh, the coffee stout, uh, Naughty Pine, you know, plus lemonade lager, key lime, hazelnut, Oktoberfest. But the cool and it's kind of breaking news as of. It's not even installed yet, but it got delivered last week. We got a new canning line that came to Georgetown. Uh, so it's really, really set up our canning game, both in efficiency, most importantly, though, in quality, uh, making sure that the beer leaves here in the best shape that it can. Uh, it's, but we're upgrading the canning line here in Georgetown, which means our old canning line gets a little TLC, and it will move to Lexington, which is going to allow us, allow us to can basically anything that we brew. On a small level, we'll be able to put into a can, whether it be 12, 16, or, or something else. But that's going to be really, really fun. And now all the one-offs that are on the tap, on tap of the seated location, we'll be able to do a short run of canning uh, of those as well. So that's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. And like I said, that canning line is not even installed yet. Here in I just got delivered last week. But it, this is one of those moments where it's almost like having a, a new baby. We have a new canning line coming on. The canning, old canning line moving to Lexington. Sky's the limit of what we'll be able to do. Well, that, that sounds amazing. Uh, we're talking with DH from Country Boy in Kentucky with uh, Lexington Tap Room and Georgetown Tap Room. Uh, DH, you, you, you know, you, you guys have been doing so much in eight years. You even expanded already the Georgetown location. What What are you guys looking at doing next? Because, I mean, uh, you know, it seems like the sky's the limit. Yeah, you know, I'd love to tell you that we're happy just to sit back here and and we've we've done all we're going to do. But, you, you know, I'd be lying if I said that. We're, uh, you know, we've got the six acres that we originally bought here in Georgetown, we kind of maxed it out as far as what we can do. But we bought the next four acres next to us. Uh, 
So we've got more room to grow and play here in Georgetown. We've talked everything. So I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to say too much, so I, I keep you on the edge of your seat. But <laughs> you haven't seen the last of our expansion here in Georgetown, and probably out into the state as well, uh, with some other ventures that we got planned. So we 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 love what we're doing. Our team's never been tighter. Uh, we got the best crew in the industry. I'll put our crew up against anybody. Uh, they've been the real reason that we've been able to succeed. It's how hard our people work, and their passion and their vision for the brand. And so. We're having too much fun to just say this is the end. So we're uh, we got our we got our foot on the gas. And we're still going. Oh, that that sounds great. And you do have me on the edge of my my seat because I'm curious to see because it, it seems like for for a lot of breweries they're maybe doing the brew pub model, putting some different locations in different cities. So I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys have next. Yeah, I will never say never to that. We've got some friends and uh and 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 some great supporters all over the great state of Kentucky and elsewhere. But you know, there's also a lot of other uh other cool ventures in, in the alcohol world that we could kind of expand into. So I'll just, I'll just leave it at that, but we're, we're looking at, at all those. Oh, that, that's awesome. And, and before I, I let you go, um, what I got to ask you, what's your favorite part about being, you know, a part of country boy, man, I, I would be hard pressed to say what my favorite thing is about being in the brewing industry and being at, at country boy, but probably, it's the people and that would be both the employees that I get to work alongside with every day uh, and the people that I've got to meet. You know, I, I tell Daniel Sinkhorn's our production manager and we get to travel together a lot and, uh, you know, see a lot of cool stuff. And one of the fun things that we like to do is just, you know, stop and be like, man, beer has let me do so many cool things. Beer has taken me so many neat places. Beer has put me in front of so many unique people and created so many relationships that I wouldn't have had otherwise that the, the people, that I get to meet uh, when we, we either in the tap room, they're traveling through or when I'm traveling around in the beer world and to work alongside, like I said, the greatest team in, in the brewing industry. That's definitely the thing that when I get out of bed, it's fun to come to work. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what we're going to get into. Uh, but by far the people is what, is what keeps me going. Well, DH, I really appreciate you taking the time and this has been a great chat. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. Hope to see you guys. Back to the Lexington Tap Room, Georgetown Tap Room very, very soon. Keep your head up. We'll get through it. And, uh, yeah, can't, can't wait to get back rolling. Thank you to DH from Country Boy for coming on the Hops and Spirits podcast. Uh, I can't wait. He's got me on the edge of my seat waiting to hear what's next from Country Boy because it sounds like they got some good things coming down the road. Uh, it, and it sounds like it may not just be beer. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram. The Hops and Spirits podcast is on Instagram at Hops Spirits, all one word. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, the host, Jonathan Green. Follow me at JMGreenGS. That's at JMGreen with an E at the end, GS on Twitter and Instagram. And you can't forget to follow our sponsor, One Sip Beer Review. Find them on Instagram at One Sip Beer Review. See what all sorts of beers they're reviewing. They're great videos. Check them out at One Sip Beer Review on Instagram. And remember, subscribe to our podcast. Find it on Apple iHeart, Spotify, TuneIn, Google, so many more. You can get a little extra help at gspodcast.com. Until next time, cheers, everyone. <laughs>